special, special guest in the house today. Um, man, I met this cat. I want to say I feel like I've been knowing you for years, but it's only been what? Three? Three years? Three years. Two years? Yeah. Oh, shit, we got Three an anniversary coming up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> this cat, um, it's weird how... Um, it's weird how he got to Colorado. It's kind of a testament to like how people should be grinding and looking at investing in themselves into the future and also taking a chance on themselves. It was mad crazy because my man had like some real live shit happening. The wife was pregnant. He's like, yo, we gotta we gotta pick up. We gotta go from the NY to Colorado. And it's a big trust thing too, right? So, but now he's in Colorado killing it yo i can't even get booked by this cat and i know him <laughs> my definitely, man definitely. my man 100 grand fade don what's up brother how you doing out there <laughs> what's up brother i'm doing good i'm definitely doing good appreciate That's... you having me on this brother. oh no problem thank you so much man um so um so Don, um, as we joke back and forth, he actually cuts that altitude of a barbershop and he's got a lot of other things going on right now, but a very interesting as far as um, his um, his maturity and his approach and what he's been able to accomplish in a short amount of time is really um, inspirational for those who, um, who, who try to think that they're at that level, but they're just not at that level. And it takes... It takes a certain amount of dedication and and um and hard work to get it done. So so hey brother, let's let's start off with the question I always ask everybody, brother. How do you get into barbering? I got into barbering back in Guam actually. So you know, I was 14, 13 years old and um my brother, he used to his name's Roy Flores, he used to cut all our hair and there's a family of six of us, just three boys though. And at the time, he was always just chopping up everyone in the village. And that's pretty much it. It was all everyone in high school and everything. So how it went down was he would give everyone haircuts, but no one ever gave him a haircut. So <laughs> that was pretty much it. So how it, it went down, he, he, um, I started watching, you know, videos on, this was back when YouTube was popping off and, you know, we had the Vix and the, and Tyreek and Kenny D and all those guys, and they're just dropping gems. And that was it, though. Nowadays, people people will utilize that information. But back in the day, that was all it was, was just YouTube and that kind of content. So jumped on there, ran it up pretty much. And, you know, obviously it was the Wal or the Kmart Clippers. It wasn't in Walmart back in Guam. It was Kmart. So <laughs> we had the we had the Kmart Clippers, and it wasn't even it was everything was all half-assed. So, so didn't have a trimmer at first. This is when Wall dropped their three in one, so or two in one. So it was a clipper and a trimmer, and it was just an what? attachment for it. Yeah. So <laughs> they have it now. They have they definitely have it still. Yeah. Um and everything i didn't know it was all basic stuff and i used to give obviously the the crappiest haircuts out there and you know getting into designs and then trying to do it and it it, it all came full circle now because everything that people saw back in the day when i would cut it would end up being me that cut everyone in high school and you know cutting in the classrooms and all that stuff so we definitely we came a long way, but for the, for the most part, everything based out of Guam. So 
um yeah shout out to Guam pretty much for that so because <laughs> it, so, it was my brother so you said you was cutting in high school like yeah so how it went i don't know if they do it out here for sure but i used to um i used to set up clippers in in my art class and we'll just get cracking honestly <laughs> no we'll have we'll have lines out the door and everyone from my village and then it ended up being coming over to other villages and it was a small island so every we ended up knowing a lot of people but it de- it definitely ended up being uh, a high school thing and there was other barbers you know but that's kind of where I knew the name of the game when it came to you know who's the top dog and who's 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 not and who's still learning da 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 so we definitely we we learned from it and that's pretty much where we were at at the point and then after high school when i turned 18 i moved to hawaii and with my with my girl my wife or girlfriend at the time and um that's when everything kind of calmed down and i wasn't cutting up anyone as much so i ended up cutting just my brother-in-laws and people like we knew from Guam that were in Hawaii. So I'll end up getting my reps in that way. And for the most part, that was it. And then we went from Hawaii, stayed there only eight months, nine months, moved to New York. And then that's when shit started popping off. <laughs> that's when for I sure. got, obviously, yeah, New York is New York. So, you know, you get the opportunity, you just run with it, you know? So that's, that's the most part for that one. And, um, I loved it. You know, I love that, that grind up there. The, the only reason is, you know, I always preach it, but if you move away from your home state, that's definitely what tests you the most. Like I get, you know, people want to be the, the hometown hero and they want to do all that stuff. But I feel like where you're most uncomfortable <laughs> is where you're not, where you're not known. So that's how it came about. And that's pretty much it for that, especially coming up in the barber game. So, so if I was to go to Guam right now, right? Because I know, like you said, resources, right? E- even now, the whole basis behind Barberview is to like give everyone access to everything, so they could see what everyone's doing, see what someone's doing in Dubai versus Guam versus uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Shouts up to, to my man Will Dort. Like yes, trying to close, trying to make the world smaller. So in Guam, was it like style cuts? Like if I was to get a cut in Guam, would it be something like you would see in the U.S. or would it just be like your basic, your basic joint? Yeah, definitely basic. It was weird though because back in the day, people will. It was always a one, and you know it's the hottest place in the world. So you would think like you know being so close <laughs> to the equator, you think that everyone will get skin fades and stuff. That's not where I started. And where I started was obviously Asian hair. So that was off the rip. Like I was cutting a lot of Asian hair, but it was never down to, you know, below anything under one. So I learned that honestly up in New York and we only had one black ethnic guy that stayed in, in, is in Araha in Guam. So that's my village. And only one black dude, he would not trust me to cut his hair. I ain't gonna lie. (laughs) He would not trust me. And from the rip, I was, you know, it's cool, like, cutting the same hair, but it feels better when you're actually getting out there and, you know, communicating with other cultures and other people from, if it, like, if it's Trini to even Hawaii or Australia, you know, you see more. That's why I, I moved stateside was because I knew I was going to flourish out here and get more of a, 
connection with other cultures. And on Guam, we're based off of culture. So everything from our root all the way up to, you know, my grandparents and stuff, um, it was always to take care of everybody. So when it came to it, that's how it went into barbering and community, you know, just all the community-based stuff. I definitely started talking to people and it's, it's hard for, for anyone to even make it out of Guam, honestly. That's why I say, you know, it's once you get your shot, you just gotta, you definitely gotta jump at it because you're not going to get the opportunity again. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that story. Um, in regards to, um, so is Guam known for any like, but you know, in this everywhere, everyone's got a name, right? But if I was to say, yeah. yo, if I was to say, who is the best barber in Guam, or who is repping Guam in a in a barber sense, will you say that your name is up there just based on the status and the things that you've had today, or is that even the approach that people from Guam have? They definitely, I feel like they have their approach. I feel like the biggest problem we have at the moment is obviously there's not a lot of traditional guam barber like chamorro barbers so that's our that's our culture chamorros like you'll have the filipinos and and um and japanese and asian and just in general and it's cool like don't get me wrong they're they're hustling because in the philippines you can't do that so going back to guam um i would say i'm up there as a chamorro because people don't make it as a chamorro in guam it's usually either people that move from, like I said, from another hometown to that to that island or to that state, and then they start thriving. But as a hometown, trying to be a hometown hero, I get it. But I feel like I don't see myself. I I would put myself up there, but I definitely I feel like for the newer generation, there has to be someone that takes my place. <laughs> Definitely. No doubt. Well, cause there's yeah. always that, that next generation, right. And even exactly. in the time that you've been cutting, you've, you've seen it kind of flip twice where there's not, I mean, you're like, you're not OG, <laughs> but yeah, but, but you can say, <laughs> but you can say you, we could probably honestly have the conversation that compared to the people come coming up, you are kind of an OG to that generation because if they're looking yeah. past you, they're looking at people like me and and like uh, Chris yeah. Murphy. Shout out to Barbara Murph. Like they they um they like respect, but they kind of like ah. But Don relates with me. He's in my same bracket, so I could fuck with him a little bit better and and have a different vibe, right? So totally get it. Makes sense. So yeah. um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did you have something to say about that? No, but yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the case. Cause, you know, everyone, you know, a lot of people want to be, not that they want to like really communicate with old heads, but it's obviously that's where everyone gets it from, and they want to really talk to them. But I just feel like if you're younger but you have that mentality, you'll definitely thrive a little bit better as a as a barber for sure. Just because people always, you know, in out in one ear out the other, and it's cool. But I feel like definitely. People will just they'll 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 work off of someone that actually is more trendy, you know, hip to it. And it, it doesn't matter if you're 30, 35, like Tyreek was just on a video the other week and he was talking about um how we may have all the all the internet stuff and all the social media stuff, but in reality he was talking to this old guy and he has the experience. And that's really all it is. That's all he needs is the experience behind it. Obviously you're gonna get a little tech savvy with it but 
for the most part, as long as you have the experience and it's in your head, you're you're gonna run no matter what. It doesn't matter what generation you're with. You're definitely gonna you're gonna um get in their head almost. Absolutely, um, for sure. So, so when you came to New York after going from Guam to Hawaii to New York, right? Um, did you feel like you still needed a couple more tools in your toolbox or you was like, yo, I got this shit. I'm gonna kill it to walk with me about when you stepped on the turf, where were you at mentally to where you thought you were to where you were really at skill wise? Definitely. I, um, I did hold myself to a standard. So that was definitely the case. I just, <laughs> when I went up to New York, so how it really went down was I was working at the PX in the air or in the army base. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys up there gave me a shot to, to, um, work at the work at their shop. And, you know, I was posting a lot. So I was, I was definitely posting on social media. I was just that army barber, you know, like cutting everyone in the, in the, in the base and stuff. And, uh-huh word got on the street and he got it and i didn't want to take it it took me uh it took me almost a year to get to get that actual um or not to get the shot but to actually step my foot in the door so i got my 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 feet wet a little bit and after honestly i'm gonna say after the first like two weeks maybe I was in it. I was like, okay, this is it. Like I'm, I'm gunning for it. And I knew what I had to offer. So I threw it out there and people were coming back. So, um, it was a different culture. Obviously New York, they're, they're definitely based off of a lot of, uh, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans and, and ethnic care. And Shout out to my Latin know- people. What up? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the crazy thing is, is I've never touched that grain of hair ever. Never touched ethnic hair and out here in fact like that's really all i have now i have all the ghanians and the jamaicans and and the nigerians and the just so forth and that's why i have the confidence now because i came up from doing asian hair and then after that i was just straight ethnic hair and that's just what people love so i ran with it and it took a while though it definitely took a while for me to step in the door because you know obviously money wise I didn't know what was what what barbering had to offer and if I could actually do it, and you know everything was obviously just being a garage barber. Everyone has that story, so I definitely feel like it's a good story, you know, being a garage barber, getting out, and then actually flourishing in a in a in a good barber shop. But everyone's story is different, man, and <laughs> mine definitely came a long way, boy. So, um, cutting, uh, I'm assuming you was cutting on the base or you said you was cutting on a shop that was near the base. I'm sorry. Definitely on the shop near the base. Um, not even four miles away, three miles away. And yeah. So like in regards to the repetitions, right? We always talk about reps and reps. How much was those cuts going for near, near that, um, near that shop? Upstate New York on base, you know that for the fact it was eight dollars. But that's <laughs> off base it was, and yeah. that was twenty what off, 2013, 14, 15? Like what that was, was that? That was twenty sixteen. We got there and we left twenty eighteen or something like that. Twenty nineteen. So we were up there for a minute, and that what I was charging in that guy's barbershop was twenty five dollars, and 
Yeah, I'm at 50 to 100 right now. So, you know, you can just tell what Colorado does for you. <laughs> Yo, so so check it. Um, when people who went to the base to get their hair cut, when they first get their first grown cut, right, do you have to sell it? Like, do you have to be like, look, bro, like you're paying eight damn dollars and you're going to something where you got more advanced tools, more, more style, more experience. Was it something that needed a lot of convincing or when people, um, cause you, you came up in the IG era, but like when I was coming up, it was like, you had to like hear from someone get a reference and, and, and have a cosign right before you gamble on that, on that cut. But tell me a little bit about that. Like, did you have to do a lot of convincing? Uh, for yeah. those that was going from the eight dollars to the twenty five dollar cut, definitely there was a lot of convincing. I I feel like, so you know, I I was literally at that gap era where, where people still had the books, had the like a tattoo artist where they had the books to open and you had all your haircuts <laughs> in it. And then fast forward like a couple years later, I started with the IG, and people obviously fed off of my marketing through that. But when it came to it, I don't feel like there was a lot of I didn't have to persuade people just because of the name of the shop and, you know, the rep behind it. But definitely my name, like where I was at the time, I definitely did have to, you know, I had to sell it a little bit, but definitely not too much because everyone at the end of the day knew I was the professional, you know, they knew that, you know, you're, you're just free to work pretty much. And for the, for the cultured people like ethnic and, you know, that's all I had up there. And that was the hardest part was because they came from that background of like growing up with their barber from three to, you know, 18, right when they mm-hmm. get into the military. And you're just like, wow, like I went from, you know, Fa down in Fahim down in Pennsylvania coming up here trying to get cut, you know, like <laughs> people will make that drive. But at the same time, you're, you're going to have to persuade them at that or you're going to obviously let the Clippers work and just go with it, honestly. And I, I had the confidence in my ability to give those those cuts. That's why I obviously did decent. So that was in the way beginning. I was I when I look at my pictures from now to obviously when I was in in um, New York, definitely a major major <laughs> upgrade for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely stepped the game up for sure because. You know, I was just, I was, it was definitely a crazy, crazy time. <laughs> that's, that's crazy, bro. Um, I know, um, um, at, at the shop you're at now cutting, um, you, you knew someone that knew someone that was at the shop and what, what, what came up in the process of you? Like, cause you said you moved to Guam, you moved to Hawaii and you went to upstate New York but yep. now you're thinking about moving to Colorado, to Denver specifically. Yeah. Uh, no family, just some people you you may you may have known on a personal level. What was that conversation like between you and your and your now wife to convince her, or was she already like, "I want to move out of upstate anyway"? But kind of tell me about what type of trust did you have to put into that process in making such a drastic move? Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely a lot of talking because, <laughs> you know, we, we were so, we were so comfortable in, in not that we we're comfortable in upstate, but we were, we were just, we were you there was, and we're just good. in the moment. 
Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was, um, you know, with just being in the area, first off, New York is just uh, upstate New York was just a hellhole for first off because all the snow and stuff. So that was off the rip. That was the reason I wanted to leave. <laughs> and then, and then, um, yeah, for the most part, it was we were having the baby and we we're already 22 at the time or 21. And it was just time to move out. And when it, when the conversation came up, we knew that barbering had taken a different level for our family in general. Cause I, if it wasn't for barbering, I definitely probably would have been still in either a parent's house or whatever the case is or whatever reason it would be, but definitely barbering kind of changed my life forever. When, when, um, I started doing better in it. Cause at first it was a hobby and, you know, definitely I feel like with barbering, it's a, it's definitely a gateway uh, profession, but at the same time, if you play the cards right, you're going to end up um, doing better in it. And when it came down to it, um, I got the call. He said, just honestly, it was just straight up like, oh, do you want to move to Colorado? And we we're closing the shop up there. And Murph, at the time, Barbara Murph didn't even have a chair for me. So I was, I was kind of iffy. I was in the, in that, in that, um, in that zone of finding another barbershop. I was going to move to Colorado uh, regardless, but then I hit uh, Brother Dane up over at Banter Barber. Shout out to him. Sure. And, and um, he, you know, we're we're uh, literally about to have the conversation of, you know, if I'm, re- I'm going to go over there. And he was still in the middle of him doing his renovations at his shop. And then I got the call. Um, it was either you or um ray but one of them one one of you guys said oh we had a chair open and just gun blazing i literally the day of i was there at 7 a.m <laughs> put my stuff in the shop and i wanted to state my claim so i was like okay no one else is taking this chair because i freaked out i freaked out how quick that chair left and then obviously something came up so i yeah. took it over and i've been literally in the same chair since <laughs> Oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, I I know who chair that was, but we'll go ahead and talk about that off, yeah. off, the, <laughs> off the side. But now, now that yeah, it comes well, up, definitely. I'm like, oh, that's that's right, man. Because we did have some have some have some 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 trades that had to go to a different team, but that's another story for a different day. Um, definitely. So so you get to Colorado, man. Day day one, first cut, like. What was your feeling like? Was this the right choice? Was were you on the fence? Like, kind of talk to your emotions for me. I was definitely confident. I ain't gonna lie. I was definitely confident. Um, you know, having a kid and stuff that just drives you pretty much sink or swim, pretty much. So I was in there. First cut was um a but a really good friend now, Aaron, and um, yeah, I just cut him up and. The first thing Murph said, obviously, he's he's gonna he was gonna tell me he was gonna look at my cuts. It's you know whatever the case was, and he looked at the cut and I was like, I did a low fade and uh, yeah, I did the cut and he left happy and I you know I was like, okay, that's at least a good thing. And then Murph's like, oh, that was a clean fade. I was like, oh, that's what I needed, bro. It's been it was it's been months. I took a while. I took a break, not a break, but you know I was moving so. I took a, it was a good month I, I um, took off. Um, and then, yeah, after that, you know, you get, when you get in the, when you're first in a, in a barbershop, you're going to get those, those walk-ins that are just, oh, they're just, they're, they're a lot, you know, and you get the old heads, you get the young ones, you get the picky ones. And 
then I started picking up a niche of finding people from the gym. And that's how I cannot express it enough, but find a good group of people and just run with them. And I'm telling you right now how I did it was that August, I started doing a reference pay and how it went was I had my homie Steph and then he started bringing, he had like six buddies every single one. So it'll be, if I cut him up and then he refers someone, I'll cut him next cut half off, whatever case was every single, that whole group started coming to me and it was pretty much over. And then same, same. Go ahead. I want, I want people that's hearing this and watching this to understand this. He took one person that he cut and he knew that he knew people in the gym. If you bring someone to me, I'll give you half off. End up being a total, like you said, six to eight people. But honestly, for his group, though, that was the thing. It was his group. So he had uh, close homies, obviously. And then Steph knew Mike. Mike went to went, Mike had a bunch of people from Ghana, for example. Or he does, but he brought every Ghanaian in there. And I started learning the culture. I was like, dang, like, you know Mike, I know Mike. And it just kept going after that. So after that base, it just kept going from those guys. And then it went to Google. Then it went to because I don't know if anyone knew this, but Google pays they'll pay a certain barber or a certain company to come to their business to cut hair. Not a lot of people know that. So it's the same with Google, Aerospace, and Amazon, for example. And all all it is is you get in with their marketing or whoever it is, and you pretty much you you pretty much you know get with them and sign a contract or whatever the case is and then you start feeding they start feeding you clients and i'm talking 10 15 i i was having my first week um after i did that referral pay was i was getting at least 50 clients that week brand new oh my god and that's and if you think <laughs> about it 50 clients that's and those are returning clients if you do the job, obviously. Like, you have mm-hmm. to do the job uh, off the rip. But when it came to it, when it comes to marketing, I don't fucking play, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Like, mm-hmm. I, that, that's just, like, in my, in my um, DNA Well, it's your this brand. Point. I mean, it's exactly. you. If you don't market you, who's going to market you? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> that's the truth. That's why, you know, when I t- whenever I tell youngins, like, it's cool to have a, a versatile um, – approach at marketing but i feel like you could take the literalist thing and just run with it because when it came to it when i started doing that that was the only time in colorado i ever did a referral pay was in august of 2019 or 2020 and because i noticed before that i was basing all my stuff off um walk-ins and then when i noticed i could start just bringing people in and i'll have something in common because in reality the thing in common is that either everyone has go to the gym or everyone works at the same business and that just keeps the conversation flowing and that's what i learned out here go ahead brother yeah you when you put down a crazy cut it's like a billboard your your own advertisement and marketing is walking out of that door and even when i've I've lived in nine different states and the first thing i say that's i think that's how i found mike you know when i was getting shout out to Mr. Michael o- O'Leary, Mike. man, um, Big Mike, 
You got the six yes, pack popping. Yo, I see your yo, Mike. I'm coming for you, Mike. I don't know when, but I'm coming for you. Uh, I'm coming <laughs> for like, the neck, boy. But like, uh, um, it's a billboard. So if you put down a clean cut and you got a group of people, the first thing they're gonna be like, "Yo, who who cut you up?" And from yep. there, it it just takes off, man. So that's that's good good detail. Um, course you come to a new spot right and this is an interesting conversation as well you come to a new spot of course you're not booked out right new spot yeah. new barbershop how long did it take for you to to go from not being booked out to like being all the way booked out just so people could un- understand took- the time the, the time it took yeah definitely with the tools and the marketing and the way you you approach it it definitely took me it probably took me like a year max, probably less than a year, just because you have the people that are moving, you have the people that are staying, you have the people that are just testing the waters. And you're in reality, when you first move into a barbershop, you're kind of a backup barber, you know? And then, and then, yeah, that was the case mostly. So I feel like it, it took me a year for sure. And then to really find a good group because after a while once you start getting booked you can start picking people you know and not being trying to sound messed up but that's just the reality of it like you're gonna want to cut like really really people that will will they'll just love being with you almost you know what i mean that's why i i at this point i'm picking my clients i still cut everyone but at, at the for the most part i definitely feel like if you just put your mind to it with marketing everything i feel like you'll definitely You'll achieve max. I, I wouldn't say if it's anything more than two years, you're doing something wrong. That's all I'm going to say. If you're doing something, if you're, if you're still, if you say that you can book out a Saturday and Sunday, let's see you try and book out a Monday, Tuesday, and then we'll talk. Yeah. Cause <laughs> is in reality, people are at work. Obviously it's a different age now with people working remote and stuff. But if you can book out a slow day, which is my days before were Tuesdays, cause you know, no one's, trying to come in in the middle of the week and then if you can book out a tuesday we'll talk now then you'll be in the category of of uh being booked out but if you're just smushing everything into wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday or whatever the case is then that's a different story because everyone's gonna want to cut for like fourth of july the shop is jam-packed right now of course yeah yeah. that's what i'm saying (laughs) and it's towards the weekend it's a monday it's towards the weekend the abs just won the you know the stanley cup you know shout out to that (laughs) but in reality um everyone wants to cut towards the weekend and if you could like i said if you could book out a monday tuesday or even a day you're off let's say you're off like i'm off saturday sundays now like let's say i'm i i open a random saturday on july 22nd or whatever it is (laughs) Um, let's say I open up a random Saturday. If you can book that Saturday months out, you're booked up because people don't know you work Saturdays anymore. But if they, if they see something, they're like, Oh damn, like he's, this man's working Saturdays now. But in reality, it, it, going back to it, it definitely, it took me a year and, and that was just with good marketing, honestly. And, you know, shout out to, you know, the boys at the shop right now, because, you know, without them, obviously, you know, I wouldn't be here either. But it's it's really it's a mind game. It's really up to you in reality because it's not up to you know your it's not up to your colleague to bring a client in for you. It's really not. It's up to yourself 
and how much business cards you pass out, how much um, messages you send out. Like right now with, with CU, I cut up every coaching staff on the football team right now. And that's just, that's just what it is. And that was off a of referral base. And the dude that sits in my chair, DJ Bryan, he's a, he's a Super Bowl champion. He played oh, wow. with Ray Lewis down in Baltimore. So it's just shit like that that you have to, like, take into just being – just be mindful of it and just run with it. But at the same time, you want to make sure that you're – you want to make sure that you're um moving at a right, you know, pace. Pace. People, yeah. yeah, people overdo it and you're just like, uh, I don't know. And then, and then they kind of get dead, you know, and then they try and pick back up, but people are already moved on. They're onto a different, either barber or barber, you know, in a different, um, in a different city. So I just feel like if you, if you use the right marketing tool and you find a good tactic to use, run with it and you're definitely going to be booked out, you know, within a year, within sure. a year or two. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was having a conversation with uh, my homie Manolo Styles. What's up, brother? It was an interesting yeah. conversation. Um, he was telling me, and I totally get it. When when you're an OG and when you have when you're booked, like you said, you could pick what you want to cut, and that's working. So he was like, "Hey, Mario, real talk. It's smarter for me to cut." the the heads that i want because it makes me more efficient and it makes me more money being that you're in a position to where you book solid and you can literally pick what's your thoughts on a comment like that does that does that apply to you as well where you can give specialized service to those that you feel that you could be very efficient with definitely i feel like he he was in the right space when it came to it um like i'm the same way i'll this is like back then too, though. Like if someone has good hair, you're going to want to keep them. And especially now with how social media is, if you have someone with good hair, good um, contrast on the skin to the head and you just run with it, you're going to get good marketing tools off of it. I could, you could eventually take one head and turn it into a G because someone wants to use it in a book or I mean in the magazine or something. And that's yeah. just, I feel like he's in, I, I feel like that's correct. I, I I think it's accurate um to an extent, but like I said that's if you're booked though. Like if you're actually like if you actually could pick your clients like you know, I have the occasional clients that I love to cut, but then for some reason I'm just not feeling it today. You know what I mean? And then with me with photography, I take it really like I love to do it. You know, I love to see how how a camera will take my picture or my haircut and put it obviously on a, on a frame or on, you know, on social media and see how, how I did it. And I just feel like, I just feel like the, what he was saying was accurate to an extent, but I, it really depends on how, how efficient you are, how booked you are, how, you know, if you're, even if you're, you're, um, all your, your ducks in a row, like it really depends on how, all that comes into play, you know? So in reality, he's accurate. I feel like he is, but he earned that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like he's earned, yeah. Like he's earned to say like, Oh yeah, I could pick him. Like, I, like no offense, but fuck Tom, I'll take Brad or, you know, whatever the case <laughs> is. And that's Absolutely. only because let's, yeah, let, that's only because let's say he wants to, 
he wants to get a good picture of, of Tom. And it's going to, I don't know, shoot him up for views or whatever the case is. And that only benefits him in reality. He gets the money off of it too. But, you know, there are people out there like, like you know, when I cut athletes or anything of that sort, people think that it's cool to just get pictures and give them a free cut. That is not the case, man. Like, I, it's cool. It's a service. It's, cool. it's still a service. Yeah, a, yeah like, I don't care. <laughs> it's <if> labor. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's cool to it's cool to um to cut athletes and stuff, but you cannot tell me that my service is going un unpaid because I'm not about that shit <laughs> at so, all. I don't care if you're, you know, Biden or some shit. <laughs> so why why is our customers that we cut on a regular basis generous with tips, but those who think Ooh. they have a status? want like a discount what what in the right mind think that 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 they could just ask for that that's insane it happens all the time it definitely happens all the time <laughs> damn that's a that's a i get i get that question it's just i don't know i like where my prices are right now like they're so high you know what i mean like if they tip me they tip me if they don't they don't and off of I got snipers for eyes, bro. I'll know from a rip if you if you don't tip good, you know what I mean? <laughs> like if you don't tip good or if you tip a lot, like that's gonna bring in like okay, that's that's another reason. That's another reason why people will pick clients is because oh I got a fat tipper over here. This dude only gives me three dollars. You oh my god, bro, you cannot and that's what that's how I am now, especially in restaurants and anything ballet or whatever the case is i tip big now because i paid if it, it forward, wasn't for bro. my yeah and that's mm -hmm. all it is like you ain't gonna catch me if it's some wild shit and like let's say like reality someone really does like fuck up a haircut like i wouldn't blame them for not you know for not tipping i ain't gonna lie but when it's a service any service even if i'm tickling your your chin or some shit like i want my money <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm you're not going to expect you're not going to expect me to put my time and effort into something especially with how much time and effort i put into it like how many years i've done this already you know what i mean so i just feel like it's it's really up to the client or not up to the client it's up to the barber if they want to keep dealing with it dealing with those non-fat tippers pretty much but i don't know i just feel like they they um they do take that they take that part serious more than the actual how much they pay for the cut like if it's 50 dollars, they'll say okay go ahead and then uh, you know people will expect 10 15 and then that's when they start tripping out i'm like you just paid 50 dollars. like how the hell is 15 dollars extra gonna like really affect you that way and it's one haircut like it's it's if you see them or not anyways but i feel like with tippers i personally don't really see that stuff um just because like i said i pick my clients so you know i'll see i'll see all i'll see the money coming in but um for the people for the new generation that don't for the new generation that don't um get it um they have to suck it up like it's either you want someone in your chair or you want to just sit around and not get a cut you know like it's either you take the 50 dollar flat and then come year two years later in and you're still cutting the same guy and let's say he tips you 20 bucks you're gonna you know feel 
feel great that you you kept the guy <laughs> honestly it's better yeah. to be busy than to be not you know so you know i it's, just yeah that's some good stuff man um in regards to your skill right because in a place like you traveled a lot using guam you was cutting a certain amount of hair then you went up to new york you was cutting hair in denver bro you're cutting like everything because everyone's moving to denver right exactly skill wise i know we always think that we could learn more but is it to the point now that where you just you know you got your mashed potatoes and and you got the gravy on but how much how much more of a ceiling do you think a barber with your experience now for those i want to be crystal clear about experience experience doesn't have to come with specific time it could come with specific rep repetitions and and investment in your craft right so there's two different ways to look at it um yep. i'm sure you've cut over ten thousand heads easy without a doubt exactly it's funny shout out to mike we had this big discussion about what's an og barber and mike said no a master barber and mike was like if you don't cut ten thousand cuts you're not a master barber some people may be exactly. like i have 10 years but what if you cut five heads a day over 10 years compared to someone that's cutting for four years and put down 15 cuts a day. <laughs> so it's, Jeez. so it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's debatable, right? But how yeah, much more, how much more do you think you, um, you have to grow as a barber? Someone that's very popular already, your book solid for weeks and weeks and yeah. weeks. How yeah. much more of a ceiling do you have? Is there even a ceiling? There's definitely not um especially with my daughter um that's off subject but <laughs> definitely with my family um you know like any like any situation you want to you want to keep growing be a sponge everyone says that like soak everything in just really adapt to it and i feel like you're going to end up seeing at one point in your barber career that you're going to be like oh shit i got to cut hair again like it's going to start end up turning into work but that's when you start finding a different creative side of it. Like, for example, anything. Like, you could do color, cut, designs, and photography, and still think you have, uh, you, you still think that you have a higher way to go. So I feel like there's never a ceiling to, especially this craft, because it's like any trade or anything of that sort. Like, you would feel like you need to, like, you need to, um, like, just teach or anything of that sort. It's like, there's always something that you're gonna want to end up doing, and that's where I'm at right now. Like I want to end up in, end up teaching, or I want to end up just you know just dropping gems like on podcasts or anything of that. You know, yeah. so I feel like there's never a ceiling. There never is. There never should be for anyone, even if you're 50, 60 years old. Like those are the old heads that used to cut, and they don't have anyone to really work off of anymore. Nowadays, you have 50, 40-year-olds that go to these shows, go to these expos, and and um, they want to gain more knowledge within, even if it's social media or marketing tactics or business. Like That's the thing, though, is back then, barbering used to just be strictly just barbering, just cutting hair, you know, picking a pair of clippers, da-da-da. Nowadays, you got business classes showing up. You got businesses that, that don't have nothing to do with barbering, but let's say one day you just like, Oh man, I want to start getting into jewelry. Then you're going to have a bigger ceiling. You're going to keep going. So I feel like never have a ceiling and you'll definitely be fine. But I just feel like 
people that do feel like they're up there already, like Mike just said with like the definition of a massive barber, that should be trashed. Like that should be trashed a hundred percent because you got like people in New York that say that they're master barbers, but you know, they're still going to classes. They're still learning stuff. Who are you learning from? Regular barbers. Cause in States that don't have the levels of barbering, which is this state. Um, yeah, you're just, you're, you're learning from a barber. Would you say that he's a, would you say that he's a master barber? Cause you learn from him. He's not comparing him. He's not putting himself at that title. You know what I mean? So I just feel like, with states that do offer that the level of master barber and stuff, you definitely got to earn it for sure. But not just any Tom, Dick, and Harry can say that shit <laughs> at all. At I'm, fucking all. Exactly. It's it's crazy, brother. Man, we could talk all day, but I'm going to be very respectful and, uh, of your time, man. Because <laughs> it's, it's so good, much. Bro. But it, it's so much like things that... We, we may have, have to do a part one and part two one day and just... We'll definitely have, run it. And have some barber confessions or something but yeah. outside of that man I, I just wanted to take the time to just um thank you for for uh your 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 partnership your 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 trust your your growth man it's very it's very awesome to kind of take a step back to see when you first walked in those doors to where you're at yeah. now it's um and and you gotta you know you, you you gotta appreciate that that path it's just great to know that you could Say you're gonna do something and it's executed, right? And yep. that means you could keep setting higher goals and just just keep pushing and pushing. And whoever is down with you, like your family, your friends, they could be like, if he said it's gonna happen, shit's gonna happen. <laughs> it's definitely exactly. gonna no, happen. That is, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Honestly, I do gotta give you your flowers too because, honest, yeah. Like I just said, we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> definitely gotta give you. Definitely got to give you, you, Murph, you know, Mike, Sean, everyone their flowers because I really, being in New York was definitely, a, it was a good gateway, but being out here definitely changed the game for me because I was looking at it a different approach. And now that I'm I'm out here, I really could elevate with these guys. So, you know, I do appreciate you guys a lot. And, um, you know, let's just keep getting this money, you know. <laughs> I love it, man. Yo, so for the people out there, man, tell them how they can get in touch with you. If they could even find a spot. Yo, I can't even get a spot on this calendar, yo. <laughs> how, oh, shit. How, how can someone attempt to book you for, for Def- cuts? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, you can hit me up on Faded Dawn, um, F-A-D-E-D-O-N-N, and then... Um, book now right in the right in the bio and then altitudebarbershop.com i'm at like towards the bottom so you're gonna have to scroll down to get to me but um <laughs> yeah if i see anything you know we're definitely that's that's definitely uh i appreciate you man it's definitely this is definitely oh. a dope podcast man <laughs> i need For my sure. shirts you, dude you better have it <laughs> I yo know, I, need, you, you I, know, have I know i know hey yo and 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 for those uh i'll let y'all know when it goes on but yo uh, a, a lineup yeah. is not a haircut. Remember that. You know what I'm saying? Don't be wasting people's yeah. time talking about some, I want a lineup. How else are you going to blend all this in if this is all poofed the fuck out and, and you got to get that tight? I mean, that's crazy. I'm you got to be, it's a whole haircut. It's crazy it's business, haircut. though. Good shit, I'm bro. Well, you. thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, everyone, um, 
um, out there, brother, just I know someone's going to watch this and be inspired and, and they're going to hear things, especially coming from the island, you know, Guam. Shout out to my, 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 my peeps in America, Samoa and, a Ho- yeah, and a Hawaii, all those spots, man, that that island mentality is like, yo, I got to get the bleep off this rock and I got to get it. And I think that's kind of you you see that grind inside of you. And, 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 and I think it's very uh, understated and underestimated how the mindset can really dictate your ceiling. You feel me? Oh, yeah, most definitely, bro. This. Oh, there's a damn, bro. We can keep talking, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we got to have a part two for sure. Yeah, we're going to have, uh, yeah, kind of like a weekly segment, I guess, right? Who knows, yeah. right? But but We're for sure, bro. Right but up. shout out, man. I hope your family, nice, healthy, uh, 4th of July. That, Yo, everyone, be safe out there. Don't be trying to light like a stick of dynamite and throw that joint. Like, we got to be smart. <laughs> we got to be bro, mad you, smart. You heard the fines out here in Colorado are 1500 bro? 1500 so if you, you get caught with a firework? Bro. Bro, you know how much I can do with fifteen hundred? God dang, boy! <laughs> Yo, that's but a yeah. crazy amount of money, bro. I know. Well, I'm I'm in LA yeah. right now, so you might as well get caught with like with like a like a kilo of coke instead of lighting damn firework, because <laughs> you're gonna do oh, more time. Because you're gonna be Hell doing more time yeah. doing that. Do you know what I'm saying? Cool, brother. I, right, bro. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I know we could talk forever, man, but um, no, you're good. I appreciate your time, bro, and Anytime, for everyone bro. on the podcast, man. Rewatch this. This is like there's some jewels in this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so sir. this is your boy Mario Fadon. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>